0: Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk of the Town. It's up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Monasano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk, our early week edition, and back after a week away, and a chance for us to coalesce what has happened over the last week in the Chippewa Valley, and a chance to recap and look ahead as well hey we've got a bunch of great topics to get to as always but a reminder to check out all of the other great shows we have here at eau claire hometown media if you're on the website or you're on spotify or you're on TuneIn, hey just keep on scrolling down you'll find some great shows we have and of course go to the website ec you'll have individual pages for all of those great shows, we have a new uh, Real True Talk that's out today. We've got a great show from last week that's previewing the Northern Wisconsin State Fair and uh, I'm trying to think of some other great stuff. We've got obviously Tap Room Takeover that's going on routinely, uh, the Ramon Show, in which we learn about these great nonprofits. So check them all out. And I know a number of you checked out the Memorial Day Parade in downtown Eau Claire on Monday. It was outstanding to see the Memorial Day Parade return this year. And another reminder of what we missed out on last year. And if you want to go back a little ways, in fact, two years ago, uh, it was not the greatest of parades because it was a, a rainy, soggy mess. But last year, uh, even though by this time last year we were kind of in that that sense of false hope I remember going out with the family to eat for the first time in a couple of months around this time you still there was still a pall over everything and a number of things simply did not fire off like the Memorial Day parade but we had the parade in downtown Eau Claire yesterday. Uh, I didn't attend it but my family did get a chance. Uh, to go down, and I know my kids had a great time. It was a scaled-down parade. It was not as long or as active as it is usually in uh, tradition in Eau Claire. You had a few of the bands, but not all of the bands, and a number of the groups that usually participate did not. And the crowd, by many, by many guesses, was maybe a little bit less than than usual but still just the simple act is outstanding the simple act is a a victory in and of itself and let's not again and we've 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 been reminded of this and rightfully so of what the meaning of memorial day is enjoy the barbecues enjoy the parades Enjoy the fun you had these last few days. Enjoy the extended weekend. But remember somewhere in, the, in your mind the reason for it. And it's, yes, thank the veterans. You always should thank the veterans. But they'd be the first ones to remind you that the last few days has been for their fellow brothers and sisters who did not come back. Veterans Day in November is for you to really thank the veteran in particular. This is for those who did not make it back, unfortunately, the ultimate sacrifice. We talk about the ills of social media (laughs) an awful lot. One of the good things of social media is things like Memorial Day, in that you have a lot of people reminding you of what the day is for. And some of it is People trying to display their, super, their, their superior virtue over you. I get that. But it is a, a nice reminder. Of course, Memorial Day meant a lot of traveling for a number of people. Gas prices across the nation. Highest since 2014. And, and of course, Eau Claire is, is a little higher than, than other areas in the region. Not as, as high as some other parts of the country, but a little higher than other parts of the region Still, the higher gas prices not stopping many people from traveling because of the pent-up demand. But you do notice it. Sometimes a ga- gas price goes up. You really don't notice it. But if you're like me, you notice it when your final bill goes up or down by five or more dollars. So when you're filling a tank and your final price is... 1990. It's 1990. You think, oh, boy, it's really it, it, it. you don't think of it being close to $20. Some people think of it as being close to say 15. And then it gets to $23 and you're starting to think, "Oh my goodness, it's it's 25." Well, now you fill up your tank in a in a in a regular sedan, for instance, you're going from paying you know, 19, 20, 21, $22 a couple months ago to now paying damn near $30, so you do notice it, and while it doesn't stop people from traveling, if you pay any attention to your budget, it is going to do some damage to how you spend uh, some other things, so you might not necessarily worry about getting somewhere, but you're going to maybe not spend as much once you do. That's something to keep in mind as we go forward. Uh, We didn't get a chance to take full advantage of it, Remember last year, gas prices were the lowest since I was in college. You had gas prices damn near a dollar last year, but we had nowhere to go. (laughs) Well, we have to get to this. If we had had shows last week, it would have been the major point of topic. And I do think it's it's good for us to recap it now because a number of people weren't thinking about it last week because they were eyeballing what is coming up. And that is the somewhat surprising news that the city council, the Eau Claire City Council, extended the option for members to attend virtually throughout the summer. And remember, the city council, as have uh, most various boards throughout the area, been meeting virtually since the start of the pandemic. And it's worked fairly well, actually, with modern technology. Now, the, the, there were people sending along photos last week of various board members uh, in, in some situations for the county board, looking like they were falling asleep during these, these web meetings. And uh, I, I, having been on a number of Zoom calls and all of that, uh, uh, I don't necessarily hold it against somebody if they begin to maybe show signs of disinterest in a, in in a zoom call that's one of those things that if you don't like somebody you point it out if you if you don't if you like them you you say it's all fake news and in my case i just go oh there's other things to 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 worry about uh, but the city council extending the option to attend virtually throughout the summer now you have seen more and more of the city councilors going in person to the chambers in the last couple of sessions. But why did they extend this option for virtually? Which I I was a little surprised by, but I, I, I hear their reasoning. One, they cited the vaccination rate in the area remains below 50%. So you still don't have high vaccination rates in Eau Claire. All right. The other one is this. The city council, if they were to nix the option to attend virtually, wouldn't just impact the city council meetings, but it would impact all of the other committees. Waterways Commission meeting, Park Committee, that sort of thing. And one could argue that the council didn't feel comfortable making this move for others just yet. Yes, yes. Most people, I think, are ready, and you just you saw it this weekend, they're okay with getting out, get the masks off, we're, we're ready to take any potential risk that there remains. But the city council thinking, okay, we can maybe take the risk ourselves, but we don't want to unduly put the risk on others quite yet. And I'm okay with that. If the city council had nixed the option to attend virtually, I think you would have seen it it go okay for all the other committees and what have you. I'm okay with that. But I'm also okay with the idea that they said, hey, let's wait to the end of the summer. We'll revisit it and hope, and usually by then, and usually by then, we'll be, we should be good to go. So, okay. The key here is this. Now that you can continue to attend virtually if you're the city council, how many will continue to attend virtually? Just because it's an option doesn't mean a councilor will. And that is what I want to see. Just because the council you can meet virtually, I want to see full attendance from councilors in those chambers. That's what I ultimately want to see. The time has come to meet in person. You can do things virtually. We have learned that. We can keep momentum going in life with virtual. But it's one of those things that we also learned in the last year, that there's a lot of little things that you can't do virtually. And when it comes to meetings, it's The little meeting before the meeting and the little meeting after, even if it's just small talk and it's nonverbal cues and it's all of those little things. And you can you can project tone and and again, the nonverbality a lot better in person. We have learned over the last 20, 30 years where technology has made things a lot easier. We also learned again in the last year that this is one of those ways where, again, face to face eye contact is better. So even though the city council extended the option for members to attend virtually, I want to see council members in those chambers. And by the end of the summer, my guess is you're going to see 100% in-person attendance. What I do worry about, if there is any worry, does a counselor use this as a convenience tool? You know, it's not about COVID. They just don't want to go in. They couldn't get a babysitter, they had a long day at their other job, and they just don't want to go into a meeting, or there isn't anything juicy on the agenda this time. Now, I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone is going to do this, and it's a very small concern of mine, but just something to keep an eye out for. Don't go looking for it. Just keep an eye out for it. But my guess is you're going to see 100% attendance by city council members sooner rather than later and that'll be the case for others going forward though because you want to be able to have people attend these meetings and speak in front of the council but i do think you're going to see also options presented so people can attend virtually for meetings continuing on here on talk of the town uh first bout of strong storms last week we talked about memorial day we got hail yesterday hail yesterday People were excited about that. But we had our first uh, strong storms last week. And uh, did anyone else catch the story of a 12-pound ice chunk that went through a home in Elk Mound? And I know they sent that to uh, the university, UWEC, for testing. And uh, I kept looking to see if there was an update on that to see exactly what it is. Because there is a, a chance. There is a chance that it would have been just the, um, the the droppings of an airplane. That happens once in a while. The droppings of an airplane out of the laboratory. That does happen. But this looked like an ice chunk and seems like an ice chunk, and it's plausible that a 12-pound ice chunk can come down from the sky, though highly unlikely. Uh, very, you know, Of course, the individual, the, the, the gentleman that lives in that Elk Mount home, course has some damage hopefully home insurance will take care of that uh then again it's act of god so you wonder but you hope that's one two uh he could have been killed (laughs) it would have done damage on him if it had actually hit him uh but that's an interesting thing 12 pound ice chunk but oh boy strong storms in the last week and i know we're starting to make some dent into the, the the water deficit that we have throughout the area uh the first set of, of strong storms. Still another week or two left of school for most uh, area school kids. Some schools are done here in the next couple of days. Of course, in some districts, they're already out. But summer school coming up. And uh, my kids won't be in, in summer school this year. And There isn't the negative connotation. There used to be a lot of people do extended schooling in the summer now. A lot of great programs at, say, the Eau Claire area school district puts on. My kids aren't going to be a part of any of those that we thought about it a couple of years ago and a couple of things kind of caught their eye but this year not not as much. All right, fine. The school district has sent out a letter saying that any of the kids attending school in the summer are to continue to wear their masks. And I know that's going to frustrate people. That the ki- that the kids, especially those The the younger kids have to continue to wear their masks when they're going to these various classes in the summer. I'm going to surprise a lot of you and say I'm 100% for it. Oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm 100% for it for this. I understand the CDC came out last week and said uh, summer camps which in essence, these summer schools are, are now summer camps with what they're doing, cooking classes and what have you. I, I, I understand they came out and said, hey, you can take the masks off. Even, even unvaccinated kids can take the masks off because that is working on the assumption that the people that are supervising them, either older teenagers or adults, have been vaccinated. And frankly, if you're an older teenager or an adult, and you haven't been vaccinated, it is now more and more becoming your choice. And you you understand the risks and you're okay with it. You're not unwillingly taking a risk. You are willingly taking the risk and you know it. But I'm okay with the school district saying, let's keep the masks on and look at the next couple of months as just a continuation of what you've been doing policy-wise and then start fresh the first day of school this upcoming fall if you by the by the fall maybe elementary kids don't have to take their masks off and judging how the summer goes i think there's a very good chance of that but i think it keeps things a lot simpler a lot easier from a logical standpoint of arguing if you're the school district to just say okay keep the masks on this summer This was the policy for the end of the school year. We're going to, the the summer school program is just a continuation of the previous year. It is an easier argument. It's easier to stay the same, if you will, than to take the masks off. The area is not on an island like that. And remember, for the elementary kids, they can't be vaccinated. So let's not lose sight of that. I, my wife and I have kept our masks on our children when possible. And it hasn't been a fight with our kids at all. Because for you and I that are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, God bless you. We, you know, the old the, the, the adage of the, you can't teach an old dog new tri- tricks is somewhat true here. But for the younger kids, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's still different, but it's not as different as it is for you and I. So the Okura School District sending out a letter saying, "Hey, keep the school masks, keep the masks on." I'm not worked up about it. I know a lot of people are worked up about it because a lot of people right now are just they're just worked up about anything. This isn't a battle I, I I I'd go and take. What where I would get? all worked up for, as if for whatever reason, the school district had canceled summer school activities because of the pandemic still. That's that's where I would have gotten all riled up. Well, time for one more, maybe two more topics today, and touch on this one here. The city of Eau Claire, and this is a story that started a couple of years ago, but the city of Eau Claire continues to up its efforts to replace lead piping number of older communities in the area areas that have been around since the 30s 40s 50s and a lot of lead piping well lane berg city utilities manager uh is reminding everyone how they're trying to up efforts to replace the city's lead pipes pipes that particularly go from the city street to individuals homes and 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 lead pipes obviously uh They're wearing down, and there's, um, I don't know, lead, (laughs) potential of lead poisoning. Laneberg uh, updating uh, the city on efforts, and uh, Laneberg has shifted. This is what I kind of like here, because part of what this is, is individual homeowners have to agree to replace the piping. It's not just the city can come in and do it. It's not the city replacing the city the, the lines in the city. It's the city replacing the lines from the the city line to the house. So individual homeowners have to agree. And Laneberg has shifted some schedules of employees with the city so that employees can visit homes in the early evening when people are more likely to be home. So instead of a, a city worker working, say eight to four. Or nine to five, maybe they're working, you know, twelve to six, twelve to seven, twelve to eight, you know, one to one to whatever, so that they can now walk to these homes when homeowners are more apt to be home. Even even during now, even during today, when you got more people working at out of the home, you're still more apt to get, you know, if you throw a net out there, get more fishies if you're visiting homes at five, six, seven in the evening, go to the home and convince the homeowner to replace the lead pipes with copper ones that connect to the city line. And it's not, you know, it's not a slam dunk to get homeowners to agree to this because you have to go through the front yard. There's a digging process that is involved. This isn't like putting in uh, cable, cable TV or putting in a uh, Uh, the cabling they use for, say, an invisible dog fence where it goes a couple inches into the ground. This is piping. It's going to go into the ground. The goal is 300 this year. Lane Berg would like to get to 300 this year. Now, they're only at 30, and Lane Berg admits it's a pretty ambitious goal. Uh, But uh, they want to get to 300 more homes that switch from lead piping to copper, and right now they're only at 30. Uh, through a grant with the DNR, the homeowner. So if you are a homeowner in Eau Claire, you are reimbursed $2,600 for the project, and that does cover the vast majority of the cost. But there is still going to be a cost to the homeowner, and that's why again, it's it's not a slam it's not a slam dunk. And, and if you got somebody, how do I put this properly? I don't even want to put an age on it, but you got somebody that feels pretty comfortable with the home they're at and they don't feel any risk from drinking water out of the lead pipe and they're not being forced to do this, just being highly encouraged and reimbursed. You're not going to get some people to agree to this. You're just not. And in today's housing market, A lot of people cannot see the the forest through the trees and say, all right, but if I ever put my house in the market, there's such a dearth of housing availability here. Yeah, somebody will take my house even with copper piping, Uh, even with the lead piping, I should say. So the the story out of all of this is the city continues to to work hard to get people to, to switch over and you just keep asking people and providing the opportunity for them to do it. And more and more people will do it over time. Uh, But it might be a slow, arduous process, if you will. Well, a number of things we didn't get to today, we'll get to later on in the week here. Uh, City Council is starting the process of deciding what to do with more than $13 million in COVID relief. Uh, We are getting the summertime. Daycare centers are struggling right now. We'll talk about that. Something that came up late last week, uh, the county. May start to decriminalize recreational marijuana, and we got to talk about that some more because that that is something that is likely coming at some point in the next 10 years to the state of Wisconsin. 10, 15 years, recreational marijuana. There are definitely reasons to, to go ahead and do it, but there are but that doesn't mean there aren't reasons for pause that have to be looked at. It should, you know, and we've we've seen a little bit of this in the other states. It's working well in the other states that have done it. But there's reason for pause. There's legit reasons from police officers and uh, and groups. And not just because, well, you got weed out there. No, it's it's, it's not that uh, there's other reasons as well. We'll talk about all of that and much, much more uh, on our uh, later later in the week edition on Thursday. But that'll do it for us here today. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.